Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature my recent conversation with Laura Martins. Laura is one of my colleagues at Sands Family Grounds in Roslyn, and she is also director of Washington, D.C. area initiatives for the Darden School of Business. Laura and I recently sat down to talk a little bit more about her background, what attracted her to the D.C. area initiatives role, as well as some of the things she's working on as Darden continues to build its brand and presence in the Washington, D.C. area. So if you're curious about what's going on around Sands Family Grounds and some of the things that the Darden School is up to in the Washington, D.C. metro, this episode is not to be missed. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Laura Martins. Laura? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for having me on. All right. So we start all these conversations the same way. Uh, Who are you and what do you do? So I am currently serving as the director of Washington, D.C. area initiatives for the Darden School. And it's a basically a, a hybrid kind of role, I would say. It's a combination of a variety of strategic aspects for the school. So it's part operational it's part awareness building, it's part uh, building programs and initiatives for the school, building partnerships, and also in part supporting some of the revenue generation for the facility and for the school. So uh, that sounds like a lot. Um, <laughs> keeps you very busy. It's wide ranging. <laughs> yes, wide ranging. Um, bit of a startup, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. So talk about you know the work that you're doing to get everything up and running. We've been in this space, uh, Sands Family Grounds, now for a little over a year at mm-hmm. this point, officially. Um, yeah. Lots going on. You're involved in all of that. Um, so talk a little bit about um, what the work has been like here in the early days. Yeah, I, as you said, I think quite um, quite accurately, startup, right? So we're in that startup mode and we're, you know, coming into the next year of full programming and building more programming. Uh, as you know, we have a 40,000 square foot facility here, um, Washington, D.C. area, and um, that is keeping us quite busy getting that fully up and running. You know, as you know, it takes things take time. Um, But we have educational programming that is really humming along. So our executive MBA program here, we have our MSBA, Master of Science of Business Analytics. And then we're also really ramping up in the uh, executive education area, some custom programs, et cetera, um, that are really starting to ramp up here. So that's been really exciting. And then, of course, uh, being the facility here is, you know, educational mission first and foremost, but we do have some days where we don't actually have educational programming running. So while we're in this startup phase, what we're doing is we're actually making some of our space available to outside groups and organizations that they might want to do some of their own programming here and hold hold events, etc. So the goal is to really keep the space busy, you know, seven days a week. Um, and, you know, of course, that takes time. But as we build our programming, we're partnering with other organizations to fully utilize the space. Well, one of the things that we haven't been able to effectively communicate here on the podcast, at least in audio form, is the view mm-hmm. uh, from the space. So yeah. uh, we're sitting here. It's a lovely uh, fall Friday morning. Sun shining in Washington, D.C. Uh, we can see Georgetown right across the way. So yeah. I always tell prospective students, come by, 
for the view, if nothing, nothing else, we're on the top two floors of an office tower here in Roslyn. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny when you give tours here to prospective students or, as you know, Brett, or alumni, et cetera, and they come in and the first thing they always comment on is what an amazing view is we have here. And of course, the second question that we get is uh, when can they come for the 4th of July fireworks? <laughs> but um, And we do have access as one of the building tenants here um, to the roof deck, which is quite spectacular. So The 32nd floor. The 32nd floor, exactly. Yeah, so. that's... Um... Once we sort of, I'm I'm very interested in the story of Darden in DC, mm-hmm. um, and we've mm-hmm. had some conversations about this on the podcast. Uh, yeah. We started delivering class just right down the the street here, at 1919 North Lynn mm-hmm. at Waterview. And what I always tell people is, once you've had class in a space like that, is on the 25th floor of that building, overlooked the river, similar type view. Uh, you really couldn't think about anything else than, you know, being able to sort of take it all in, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as, as I think a lot of us know, it was a long time coming, you know, to, for Darden to have their own facility here in the DC metro area. And, um, you know, so there was a lot of careful thought and preparation because as you know, um, working up here, there's a lot when you add another location, um, for the long haul uh, about, you know, getting not only that facility up and running and the programming and all that goes with that, but also the coordination now that you have between two grounds, essentially. Um, So there's a lot of uh, work that goes behind the scenes from teams all across Darden and in fact, the broader university to make that happen. Um, but I think that it's been a huge benefit to the school to have a, a physical footprint here that is our own space. Um, and I think our students, our faculty, our alumni are finding, you know, that it really has uh, brought a lot of other aspirations of the school to fruition. So I think it's been a, a, a long time coming, but now that we're here and building it, I think people are really seeing the benefit of us having this space here. So when I think about Darden's story in D.C., obviously it's inclusive of all that. And now there are a lot of exciting things that are happening here. Um, so much of it is around sort of building Darden's presence in, in brand here. And so do you want to talk about some of the things that you are working on uh, that are along those lines? Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, first and foremost was getting all of the educational pro- programming going, right? So that's been moving along quite well. But then part of, I work uh, with Greg Fairchild, who is our Associate Dean for Washington, D.C. Area Initiatives for the Darden School. He also has a dual role with the broader university um, working on the university's expansion into the Northern Virginia area. And so I work with him on the Darden side. And um, what we're uh, working on is, you know, now that the educational piece is, is really moving along, how do we then build out the full suite of activities that you might expect on a grounds, right? So you can imagine that that means things like adding speaker series and, you know, having guests come in and give talks, et cetera. Um, So that's one area that we've been working on. And in fact, we just launched this October a brand new Roslyn-based speaking series, which is called Leadership Unscripted. And the idea of that was actually uh, the origins of that came from our students and from our alumni and from our prospective students and some of our staff and faculty who were looking for an opportunity here in Roslyn to have conversations with top leaders and um 
those leaders actually span not just across business, but also across government and the nonprofit sector as well. Um, but they were really looking for a space where they could have conversations with global leaders about real challenges and real, um, you know, the, hence the, the title unscripted in the name is that these would not be PR spin, you know, talks where people come in and talk about, um, you know, all the things that they're allowed to say, but really talking about topics and getting into the challenges as a leader that they may be facing and um, having a space where our students and our alumni could have some of those more honest conversations. And so we've actually found that um, it's it's been quite well received. You want to talk about a couple of the guests that you've had so far? It's sure. been a real all-star lineup. So far. So we started um, with Jean Case in October. So Jean, of course, is the CEO of the Case Foundation and, in fact, the first female uh, chair of the National Geographic Society. So she was our, our inaugural speaker. And she came and spoke about a variety of topics um, relating to um, basically challenging the audience to think about making big bets, being bold, taking action, even when you think maybe you don't have the experience to do so, or you don't have the right degree to do so, etc. Um, so she really challenged the audience to think about that and to, and basically encouraged the audience to think about, you know, all the innovations that we see in business and, you know, in society um, really were because people took a big bet right? And they went out on a limb and they took a chance. So she encouraged them to think about that. And she also talked quite honestly uh, about gender and being a woman in, you know, at the seat of, uh, you know, chair, be chairing a board um, and in another context. And I think uh, that gets to um, the theme of our leadership unscripted for this first year has been focusing on women's leadership and gender in the workplace. And again, that was born out of a request from many of our female alums and students, et cetera, who wanted a space to have those conversations. So we decided for this first year to have that theme span across the year, and then we'll see what happens next year and what the demand might be. Um, but certainly Jean spoke very well to that. And then our second speaker was just actually a couple of weeks ago, uh, Carolyn Miles, who is actually a Darden alum from class of 88. Um, who is, of, of course, the CEO of Save the Children, global nonprofit. And she came in and spoke to the audience about all the work that she has seen in her uh, almost 22 years with that global organization around the world and going to all kinds of countries and regions and continents and talked about the impact of women and girls uh, in their communities and in society and um how they've actually helped to transform, in many cases, many societies. Um, so it was really a very encouraging and uplifting message that she shared. So that was great. And then, of course, we're working on our spring lineup right now. I'm not able to quite yet divulge the speaker lineup for that, but we are working on some pretty impressive speakers across business, government, nonprofit. So... We had hoped for the big announcement here on the podcast. I, su I suppose <laughs> we'll have to catch up with you. Try to get our ratings up. Um, so such a great way to get started here because I think of Darden as a leadership school first and foremost. And people ask us yeah. general management case method, what does it all mean? Mm -hmm. And it really means leadership. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, I always think back to, um, I think back to our 
our founder, Thomas Jefferson, right? So people think about him as, of course, an American president and um, drafter of the Declaration of Independence, but he also was involved in commerce. He was involved in agriculture. He was involved in, um, he was an architect. He was actually the architect for the University of Virginia and our grounds down in Charlottesville. Um, and I think, you know, just starting with our founder, you see that there's this perspective of that whatever discipline you are does not exist in a bubble, right? So people cross over different sectors sometimes. Um, and they, you know, even if you stay within a certain sector or a certain discipline, you have to be aware of that broader context. You have to understand those various other sectors as a, as a leader, right? So if you're a global business leader, you have to understand the larger, you know, government regulatory environment, the environment in general. Um, and so I think one of the things that Darden does really well is we prepare our students not just in general management, but we, we help them fit that into the larger environment in the scheme of what they'll have to know as a, as a future leader. So you're here in the, in the DC area, obviously doing a lot of great things, um, bringing people in the Sands Family Grounds for all these great events. And there are 1,500, 1,600 plus Darden alumni mm -hmm. that are here. I, as you mentioned, uh, it sounds like they're eager for this kind of programming. They're obviously great champions for the school. How how is how has that been? What's that reception been like from the alumni? Yeah, I think they're super excited. Honestly, um, they're super excited that we have this this location here. That's Darden's. Um, and I think they also, in addition to the, the, the actual building, the facility, they're excited about what this can mean for the next step for the school. And I think if you think about the, you know, it starts with the geographical footprint, right? But what that means is that allows for collaborations that might not have otherwise happened. So our, our alumni have a chance to come back and network and, you know, talk with other students and faculty and other alumni from the region. Um, and then I think we're also seeing the benefit across um, you know, our faculty are, are taking advantage of this space and the collaborations that they're able to build in research and uh, building other partnerships to help them in their work and their teaching. And certainly our students, I think, have seen the benefit. We, you know, we're looking right across out right now on, you know, the DC skyline and, and our students have found that this is, um, it's accessible, it's close to them. Um, so it's convenient. And I think, you know, really across the board, I haven't heard anyone say it was a bad move. I think everybody is fully supportive that this is a game changer for the school. I think we certainly experienced that uh, from the executive MBA end of things. But I always tell people, you know, so we, we came from a world where we were fully based in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. uh, we had about 65 executive MBA format students, probably about 25 or so global executive MBA format students in, in the, the program as it was structured at that time. And, and I began here in February 2015. Mm -hmm. um, uh, December of, of that year, we began having meetings about coming in the D.C. area. February 2016, we announced that we're coming in the Washington, D.C. area, initially just launching a section here in Roslyn. Mm -hmm. uh, immediately upon announcing that, uh, we 
enrolled a class of 60 people here in Roslyn, 60 people uh, down in Charlottesville, so 120. Mm -hmm. And then it's been steady growth ever since. So uh, 120 to about 129 to about 135 or so to most recently 139 students. And 135 is really our target class size. But whenever anybody asks me about uh, the move to the Washington, D.C. area, I think those numbers tell as clear a picture. I mean, you take Darden's brand, the strength of the experience, combined with the accessibility and uh, of this location, I mean, we joke on the podcast all the time. You can hear the airplanes uh, going <laughs> by. We're, we're that close. We're that close to the airport. Like it has been, it's been incredible for us as a program. And obviously, now we have MSBA uh, that that is that has been launched as well. So really trying to make the most of this location. Absolutely, and I think you know, honestly, the the opportunities for partnership as well. I think are another um, just when you think of what the DC market holds, right? So of course it's, you know, the seat of our nation's government. So people automatically think of the government um, realm, but also, you know, DC is um, it's the sixth largest media market in, in the U S it's also the seventh largest hub of uh, fortune uh, fortune and Forbes list, you know, headquartered companies. So there's so much potential if you think about just that alone, right? And then, of course, you have the nonprofit and the NGOs and the trade associations and, and all of that. So that that presents a very close by opportunity for our students, right? So you think about things like having the accessibility to all of those types of speakers that we can bring into our classes, into things like Leadership Unscripted speaker series. And then you think about the potential for job treks, right? And other opportunities uh, for recruiting of our students. And it's all right here. So I think, you know, the fact that we are so close um, to all of these sectors and, and all of these top, top notch companies, etc., cetera, um, really just makes the experience all the more rich for our students and alumni. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about the work that you're doing currently. Uh, but one of my goals with the podcast is for people to learn more about the folks at Darden and you know, who support the student experience and sort of help make all of this this go. And so let's talk about the life that you've had leading up to this point. So um, what's your background? So interestingly, um, and I think part of why I was so drawn to this position is that I actually have crossed multiple sectors in my career. So I actually started my career after my graduate degree program. Uh, I, I'm actually from the Boston area. Area. So I actually started my career in government and politics in um, Massachusetts government. So I worked for a couple of governors up there and worked on some political campaigns and um, or one political campaign, I should say, uh, Senate campaign and um, started my career there got my feet wet. And then, and I actually progressed through the administration of those two governors in various roles at, you know, various executive branches, executive uh, office of public safety, and then the mass port authority, which is Logan airport and the seaport, et cetera. Um, and then I actually moved on from that avenue to the private sector. And I worked for a Berkshire Hathaway company for in a number of roles, one of which was launching a new facility. So um, this brought back some memories for me from that experience. And then I actually moved on and worked in the nonprofit sector in a regional nonprofit setting. Um, and in between all of those, I did some adjunct teaching, etc., at uh, Boston University and some other 
had other roles at various universities up in the Boston area. So as you can see, it's been a real mixed bag and a, um, for me in terms of the, the route of, you know, the career path for me. Um, and so I think one of the things that really drew me to this role is that there's an opportunity in my current role here at Darden in the DC metro area to really intersect with all of those sectors. And so that was really appealing to me that I could have a role that brought all of those past experiences together. Um, whether it is, you know, working with our executive education team to, plan a visit up on the hill or, uh, you know, working with um, various companies on partnerships, etc. Um, so I feel like this has been the marriage of all of my past experience. So it was really exciting to me to um, kind of bring that all together. And at Darden, you had been involved with the Institute for Business and Society, right? Yes. Or so uh, as IBIS, as it's as it's called. Correct. Um, I, I don't know how many of our listeners know about IBIS. Do you want to talk a, a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, so Darden has many centers of excellence, right? So you know, across the board, um, Batten Institute, the Center for Global Initiatives, etc. And IBIS is one of those centers of excellence. So it is the Institute for Business in Society, and what they are actually focused on is. A, a number of things, but basically, how does business impact society in a broader sense? So I think when we think of business, right, we think of products and services and that being the main benefit that a company can bring to to society. But IBIS really goes far beyond that and, and looks at, um, you know, how companies and company leaders um, can have a, more of an impact beyond just products and services. Um, in the broader sphere. And so they look at any number of things from, you know, ethical leadership to uh, public-private partnerships and a number of other areas. And um, they actually administer the a, a university-wide program as well, which is called the, Uni the UVA Tri-Sector Leadership Fellows Program. And that program is a partnership between the Darden School the School of Law and the Batten School of Leadership and Public Policy. And what they do is they actually, through a competitive selection process, they, they pick nine fellows from each of the three schools each year, and they bring those students together um, to learn each other's worlds, essentially. So the business people get to learn how the lawyers think and how the policymakers think, and then they start to learn each other's languages. And as I spoke to earlier when we were chatting, um, the importance of, you know, a business leader knowing the broader context, et cetera, um, is really um, one of the benefits that that program really highlights is that it's a it's really important for leaders, whichever path they're in, to know those other spheres. And so that program is uh, a pretty quintessential program that the Institute for Business and Society runs. Um, and I think... Um, we've heard from our students and our alumni from that program that they've found it quite beneficial. So, so one of the, I think both challenges and maybe opportunities with your job is it's quite abstract, right? It is. Um, yeah. and so we've talked a little bit about startup mode and, mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm curious about how you think about orienting to something that has this kind of abstraction to it, right? So you're looking to sort of build out Darden's presence here in the DC area. You can almost start anywhere. So how yeah. do you think about how do you it, think about where to start? That's a really good point because when I first got here, it was interesting. People were asking me, "Well, what exactly do you do?" Um, you know. So and it really, as I said before, it is a mixed bag, and I think honestly, that's part of what I love the most about it is you know, being operational and awareness building and, you know, helping to drive revenues, et cetera. It, you, you never quite know what the day is going to hold. And, and that's what I love about it. Um, it's in some ways unpredictable on a day-to-day basis, I think for most of us. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yes, I mean, you have a really good point, Brett, and that is, you know, how do we think, uh, about, not just this role, but the impact for the school. So one of the things that we're working on is metrics to measure now that we do have a presence, physical presence in the Washington DC area, how are we going to measure our, our progress? How are we going to measure our growth, et cetera? So I'm working with Greg on, on that and putting some metrics into place so that we can speak to, um, and look at, you know, where are we doing well? Where are there some opportunities for growth, et cetera? Um, so I think that's important. As, as you said, when you have something that's a bit amorphous, putting some structure to it, um, certainly is, is pretty important. So we're working on that. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think there are the parts that are, you know, of the role that are quite far ranging, you know, for example, right now, one of the things that we're working on is partnering with the university on, uh, updating our safety and security, you know, measures here. Um, so it, it can really run the gamut. Um, but I think at, at the end of the day, we have to be able to show that what we've done here has um, had impact. And so measuring that impact will be very important. So you mentioned potential opportunities for growth. I'm curious uh, what's on the on the horizon. I know I know we weren't able to get the big reveal for the spring uh, <laughs> Leadership Unscripted series. Not quite. Uh, maybe your second time on the podcast, though. We'll have you come back to talk about, yeah, about those folks absolutely. for sure. Um, but what's on the horizon? What are you excited about? I mean, honestly, I think there's there the sky truly is the limit for Darden. I think um, not to use you know a trite expression, but um, I think what we are starting to see is by Darden kind of putting its toe in the water here in the D.C. area, we're finding that the university is also starting to really not only utilize our own space and work with our own faculty, but they're, they're actually starting to partner in ways that maybe they um, just hadn't thought of before or um, that maybe having, you know, presence in DC has made that difference. So, um, right one floor below us, for example, we have a university of Virginia, the biocomplexity Institute, which, um, we actually have partnered with them as well to put on yet another speaking series, actually, which is the data science for the public good series. Um, and that has a couple of exciting speakers coming up as well. Um, so as you can imagine, data science is pretty, um, it's a, it's a big, uh, area of focus in this region right now. So, uh, having the biocomplexity Institute right downstairs, we're partnering with them and also the UVA data science Institute, as well as the Northern Virginia tech council and VTC, which is an outside group. The others are all UVA groups. Um, to put on this series. And we've got a couple of impressive speakers coming up 
um, Shamina Singh, who is the um, president of founder and president of MasterCard Center for Inclusive Growth, is going to be speaking in March. Um, and she'll be talking about how data can improve society and make the global economy work for everybody, even those that have previously been left out of that. Um, and then also Dana Boyd is coming up actually in January, and she is the partner researcher at Microsoft Research and founder and president of Data and Society. Um, and she's going to be speaking about uh, social and cultural inequities by understanding the relationship between technology and society. So, um, so I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, that partnership is an example where it could have happened down in Charlottesville, right? But I think the fact that here we are, we're one floor apart from each other here in the D.C. area, and that's a pretty hot topic in D.C. right now. So um, that was an opportunity for us to all get together and, and provide some value to um, students, alumni, and also external community members. So that's an example. And then we're, we're actually seeing um, that other schools are just, they're reaching out and they are, they're excited about what the DC market could mean for them. Um, and even if they don't have a physical presence like Darden does or the Biocomplexity Institute, they're excited about um, being here, working with us, or you know, using our space or using the physical footprint to, to leverage partners on their research, et cetera. So it's really been very rewarding to see how just having this physical space is starting to foster all of these other collaborations. And um, that's really exciting. And then I think beyond the university, there's so much potential for Darden and for the the university in general, actually, to partner externally, right? So there's a uh, I mean, we've partnered here in our building just with a number of organizations, the Northern Virginia Chamber of Commerce and NVTC and other groups to um, build programming and, and, and figure out ways that we can work together on challenges in the region and in business and in society and kind of put our heads together. So I think that's been really rewarding. And I, I don't see that diminishing. I see that increasing for sure. No, I think you make a great point about just having the space creates the opportunity. And obviously, UVA brand is quite strong here in the area. And Darden, as we as we noted, there are quite a number of Darden alumni here. Um, actually, the largest alumni group yeah, uh, for, for the Darden, Darden School. And UVA. Yeah, right. so so there you go. Let me yeah. plug right into that. Um, so um, you probably talk um, based on all of this. You talk with people about Darden all the time. You talk people with people about UVA all the time. What's your pitch to them when, when they sort of start asking like, well, what's starting about? And, you know, let me learn a little bit more about the school. I mean, what's, mm -hmm. what's your pitch to folks when you talk to them about Darden? So, you know, our mission is, is preparing responsible leaders, right? And that, and I think Darden does that so well. Um, they, they do it in a way that, you know, it's, yes, of course, you're going to come here and you're going to learn general management, but you're also going to learn how to do that in an ethical, responsible way that, that furthers society, furthers business. Um, and they really mean it. And our students mean it and our alumni as well. I think part of that, um, that mission is what draws a certain type of person to Darden. And, um, we see it in our, you know, our student, profile, right? We see students that come from all walks, all sectors, all industries, and they're looking to be 
that next step in their leadership journey. And I think, you know, Darden looks at that whole picture. And um, so first and foremost, leadership, we, we help develop leaders, responsible leaders. And then I also think another distinguishing factor is we hear and we talk a lot about the Darden community. Um, you know, of course, every school has its community and that's great. Um, but I think Darden has actually a reputation for its community and people who have been here and been through it, you know, you will hear some of our alumni talk about uh, the impact of their experience being transformational for them and that they come here and because it is hard work and they do get the sense that they're in it together you know, uh, we've actually heard some alums and students talk about Darden almost like a boot camp where it's hard and it's intense, um, but it will prepare you for almost anything. And I think having that experience together as students, it builds a sense of community that I'm, I'm not sure you see that everywhere. And so when they move on and they're al alumni out working, you know, as we sit here across from the Capitol and all, you know, all around the world, um, there's this sort of shared intense journey and um, that creates this bond. And so, you know, we've heard stories, I'm sure Brett, you hear them all the time. People can just pick up the phone or send an email to an alumni that maybe they've never met before, but they have a problem or they have, um, a situation that they're looking for some guidance or expertise, or they're, you know, looking, maybe they're starting their, their job career search all over again. And, and having that opportunity to reach out to another alumni anywhere around the world is something that, you know, we hear often is, is a distinguishing factor for Darden. So I think, um, yeah, I think those two things would be really critical uh, distinguishing factors for the school. And what a time to be about responsible leadership and uh, this sort of uh, stakeholder theory and all these things that obviously people at Darden talk a lot about. It feels like the conversation around what a company should be about is is changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, we have world renowned faculty, right, that have taught this for for many years. Professor Ed Freeman is one, of course, that comes to mind. Um, stakeholder theory, as you mentioned, um, you know, business for so many years was really not all, of course, but many were really just focused on the bottom line and, you know, the, the quarterly reporting and, and et cetera. And I think what uh, faculty like Professor Freeman and many others at Darden have uh, provided a framework for businesses and those who study business and, and learn business to think about that broader societal impact and responsibility, right, um, that businesses have. Um, and so one of the things that's unique to Darden as well is that, yes, of course, we have an ethics course. Um, in fact, we're one of the first schools to do that. But um, 
but ethics is embedded across the curriculum. So it's not just in the ethics class that they're going to learn about ethics. They're going to learn about ethics in their strategy class. They're going to learn about ethics and responsible leadership in their accounting class, right? So in the case studies that we provide, embedded in those case studies are, of course, yes, things like financial statements and, you know, finance, etc. But embedded in there also is how do you look at an ethical situation as a business leader um, and make the decisions that are right for the organization and for society as a whole? And so I think one of the things that our students come out from the school, you know, that has been ingrained all throughout the curriculum. So they get to see the various complexities that they might face as a leader across all of those disciplines. And I think that that is what really prepares leaders. It's not just reading in a textbook. And as we know, Darden doesn't teach that way. We, we use the case study method quite purposefully to help prepare those students to really think through the types of challenges they're going to face. Um, and, and you can only learn that by kind of pulling it apart and doing it, not just from, you know, memorizing things in a book. So I think that that's another thing that we hear really helps transform our, you know, when we, we hear our alumni talk about their experience at Darden, it's transformative because it helps them to think on their feet. You make a great point about the case method, making space for those kind of discussions. Um, you know, it's a, you might be reading an accounting case that is, a, is about accounting, but there's always opportunity for people to offer the perspective and say, well, I, I was thinking about this, it this way, or I was thinking about it another way. And so, um, it just makes space for those, those kind of ethical considerations. And obviously mm -hmm. it's on people's minds at Darden. I think the students increasingly, we have a lot of conversations, obviously as admissions folks, um, with prospective students, people are asking a lot about corporate social responsibility mm -hmm. and, and business as a force for good mm -hmm. in society. And as people ask these questions, I can't help but think about our presence here in, in DC. And, mm -hmm. you know, you think about, we were just on Capitol Hill earlier this fall and with mm -hmm. a number of our students and alumni, uh, many of whom work in, in policy and political roles. And they were all saying, you know, what the government needs more of are people who have this kind of training and have this background. Mm -hmm. And that's always been really compelling to me. Um, I'm, I'm curious as someone who has, has worked in politics and yeah. has that background, how, how do you think about an MBA for someone who, who comes from that world? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, and we actually heard from some of our former students, our alumni up on the Hill who talked about the value of that. So even if you're serving in government, I think um, we have people in our classes that are from the military that are from all, you know, they run the gamut. Um, and I think what it is, is that they recognize that whatever type of sector or organization or industry you may be in, there are certain management essentials, right? General management um, learnings that can help them navigate their organization and navigate that larger um, environment. And so we have students from all walks come to us um, from up on the hill and nonprofit um, that come to Darden because they recognize that having that knowledge will only further prepare them for whether they return to that sector or they return to that discipline, or perhaps they're even thinking about making a transition and making a change. And they're, uh, and then we actually have students who have come from, I can think of one 
alum, for example, who came from the State Department, is now doing um, consulting work in a business context and is thinking about going back to the government sector. So um, to your point, Brett, earlier about Darden really being a school for leaders um, and transforming leaders um, and and helping to build responsible leaders. I think people recognize that Darden is a place where they can come and whatever that future journey is, they're going to have those basic skills um, that will help them navigate that, whatever they choose. It's a great point. Uh, the MBA, the Darden MBA creates opportunities. And it does. It widens, widens what's possible for our students. And I think that's one of the great stories uh, yeah. about UVA Darden. Um, so we discussed that you're from the Boston area. Yes. Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Pats, the Seas, <laughs> the Bruins, uh, and the Red Sox over here. Uh, I won't I won't make you go into all of these teams, but we're sitting here. It's football season. Uh, did the Pats win the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> I, geez, that's tough. I would like to think so, yes. Um, you know, so I actually grew up in Foxborough, which is the home of the Patriots. So Patriots is truly in my blood. And my father actually helped bring the Patriots to New England, to Foxborough back in the day. Um, so it was not a choice for me to not be a New England Patriots fan, you know, growing up in the town, etc. So, um, you know, even as I moved down to Charlottesville several years back and then moved up here to the D.C. area, um, you know, it's still hard for me to cheer on other teams besides the Patriots. So, of course, I, I wholeheartedly hope that they will win the Super Bowl again. And we'll see what happens with Tom Brady. We'll see what happens if if he if this is the year that he retires or not. We'll see. Well, we're always appreciative. So we're trying to get our ratings up, obviously, Laura. These kind of Super Bowl predictions really help. <laughs> um, it's been a thrill having you on here. Obviously, it's been... It's been great to see us uh, us get started here in the D.C. area. Obviously, there was already a lot in place. You know, you noted the alumni presence, obviously, for both UVA and Darden, and the executive MBA program we've been operating up here for for uh, a couple years before we lost our own space. But it's been great to see you and Greg and put in all this time and effort and come in, in all the strides you're making in terms of programming and just activating the space with either exec ed groups, outside groups using the space. It's been it's been tremendous. Well, thank you. And and I um, honestly, we have a great team, including yourself and Catherine Alford and so many of our colleagues here that are, as you mentioned before, in this um, kind of startup mode. Um, you know, that takes a certain type of person to be able to commit to that. Um, and really bring things to fruition. So luckily, Greg and I are not alone here. We have a wonderful team, including yourself and many others who are all kind of rolling up their sleeves together to, to make it happen. Um, and, and that's super exciting because I think there's an energy among the team here to just bring Darden to the next level. And, and I honestly think you know, we haven't even yet begun to see um, even all the great stuff that's already happened. We have yet to see the full potential. And I think it's truly exciting about what um, the school has in store for its future here. Well, Laura, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Brett. And that was my conversation with Laura Martins, director of Washington, D.C. area initiatives for the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.